I just came by to stir your soul up a bit. This is the Perfectly Imperfect Podcast with Regina and Christine, where we share our stories as women openly and honestly. We believe it's through our journeys, our happy and sad times that connect us as sisters, because we're all perfectly imperfect. Welcome back to Perfectly Imperfect, the podcast where we have vulnerable conversations about mental health, self-growth, and relationships. I'm Christine. And I'm Regina. I almost said I'm Regina. (laughs) It's been a long week, guys. It's been a long week. (laughs) So today we're just going to jump right into it because we're so excited to have our guest on today. We are going international. Oh, yes. Crossing the border (laughs) in the only way that we can at this moment. I know. Let me welcome her first and then I'll tell you all about why we love her. So welcome Linda D. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. Of course. We're so happy to have you on. We were actually supposed to do this at the beginning of 2020 when you were here in Cali, but COVID had other plans. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. My trip cut short and I was like a lot scared during those times. Right. Your parents were like, come home. But I know most of you, if not all of you guys, all know Linda as the beautiful actress, director, writer, just everything. Like she just does everything. And I see your videos all over Instagram and TikTok. You do and have been doing such a wonderful job representing Asians and Asian women. I'm a little awkward sometimes, guys. I haven't socialized with a lot of people in the past eight months under this pandemic. Yeah, all of us, like, our social skills are a little weak right now. We've all spent a lot of time alone at home talking to ourselves. Yeah, at least I have. Man, we should we should start recording video formats of our interviews because like, Linda literally looked at us and was like, oh, uh, <laughs> honestly, social cues. I have no idea what's going on. Guys. Like, it's been a while that I have ha- I've had a conversation with more than one person. So. <laughs> well, I feel like that's good for 2020. That's being socially responsible. Yes, yes. Sadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Linda and I actually I don't even know how how many years ago, but then when You first started coming to California for work and then getting to know people. How long ago was that? (laughs) Like 40 years? (laughs) Yes, that sounds about right. (laughs) It's been, oh, I was 20. What is 20? Like seven years ago? Mm -hmm. Wow, really? I was still at Wofu. I think I was about to leave. Since then, we've had many, many conversations about just life, love, being women, being Asians. So today, what we wanted to talk about with Linda is about love, dating. I know you guys love that subject. We all love talking about dating. And and I think like Linda has done such a beautiful job with her shorts and her skits. I mean, you guys should all watch Being Single Again. I think like that was such a great encompassing thing of actually to me is what inspired this episode because it's like, let's really talk about all the things that, you know, looking back on our dating lives. And now that we're you guys are in your later 20s, I'm in my 30s is like, man, what are some of the things that we wish we knew growing up looking back about dating and love and boys and now that we have had (laughs) x amount of years of experience what are some things that we would like to tell our younger selves as well as what were some of the ways that we might have self-sabotage ourselves in our love lives Mm. because i think while you're doing it you're not as cognizant to it if even at all and now looking back you're like man what were we really afraid of? What were we protecting ourselves? Were we pushing people away? So really wanting to explore all of that. 
Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Linda, let's start with you. Were you hopelessly romantic through, you know, movies or books or Disney princesses, stuff like that? Totally. Yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve, which is not always a good thing. But I definitely like love that fairy tale. And I used Mm. to be like a wedding photographer. So Mm. always going to weddings and seeing that like I wanted that for myself. Mm. So yeah, I definitely have that in me where I'm like a hopeless romantic. Mm. Mm. So when you fall, you fall fast. Yeah, it's bad. I need to not do that. It's <laughs> it's horrible. Like that. I, that's one thing I'm just like, I should have not fall so fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually one of the things on my list of things that I've learned. It's just like the honeymoon period is just so, I feel like that is like the taste of what our fantasies are in real life, the honeymoon period. Because everything's glossy, everything's through rose-colored glasses. The guy can do no wrong in a sense. You're like almost at a fault of ignoring red flags at that Mm. point. And you're just like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, just the feeling of first kisses and first Mm. dates. But then that's how it's so easy to fall so fast, so quickly. Yeah, it's like my favorite color is red. So, you know, red flags, (laughs) I'm just like straight into it. You're like, it's a beacon. So as a kid, did you like love Valentine's Day and like romanticize like just being able to fall in love in the future like were you that kind of hopeless romantic like did you love rom-coms and things like that oh yeah I still do yeah like I love watching rom-coms mm. I listen to like love songs and like really <laughs> feel it you know sometimes a tear would come down mm. you know I'm very sensitive and I think a lot of people don't know that but I'm mm. super sensitive when it comes to like relationships and just how I feel like love and stuff mm. so were you always like that as a kid Or is that something that as an adult, you start to feel more of your feelings? Yeah, I've always been like that because like I'm the youngest in the family. So it's just like I've always had that love and attention from family and sisters. And so I always like want that when it comes to relationships. Oh, oh, because you have two older sisters, right? Uh, Three, three. You have three older sisters. Mm. Wow. So when did you have your first relationship or first boyfriend? In high school. (laughs) 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 Uh, I I remember in high school, it's so embarrassing. When I was 15 years old, I wrote a note on Facebook. I think I deleted it. I wrote that getting into a relationship in high school is a dumb idea. And then when I was 17, I got into a relationship. And it's just kind of funny that I was 15 years old and I said that to myself. That I'm like, I will never get in a relationship. It's not a smart idea. Wait, why? Why did you think that at 15 that it was dumb? Because I, th- I thought that like... After you graduate, it's just hard to stay with somebody because there's like so many things happening and it's hard to focus and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really wise for a high schooler. Yeah. Especially one who's like, you know, in the fantasy and hope, you know, you're like, oh, I would want to. I remember me being at that time feeling like my girlfriends in middle school had boyfriends. And then so I was like, oh, I'm always the friend that, you know, it's the average is Christine, whatever. And then I've always wanted to have a boyfriend. In high school, I was always just like, oh, I want that. I want that feeling. So I think to hear you at 15 thinking like, no. Yeah, that actually is really, really wise at that time. Mm -hmm. Was that because you had older sisters and you saw that? Yeah. You had a heads up or you just... Yeah. Then I don't know what happened when I was 17 and I started dating, so... Well, love. (laughs) Boys, right? Blindness, as it's called. Blindness is what happened. (laughs) So who who was this Prince Charming that... Not to get the name names, but like... Oh yeah, let me say his first and last name. Let's go. Let's go right here. (laughs) Let's break it down. His his Instagram handle, please. Yeah, so it's based... (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah when I was 17 there was this guy that I liked and he didn't have a lot of friends there's something about me where I like to like help people 
So when I see somebody mm-hmm. who's like alone, I want to be that person to be like, let me like be there for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was good. And then because of that fear I had, I was really scared to date as well. Mm-hmm. When I like somebody, it's just like, I'm not like their friend first. I'm just like straight and like, mm-hmm. like I take the initiative and I'm like, you're, you're kind of cool. You take the initiative? Yeah, I think every single person wow. I've dated, I've taken the initiative. Oh, interesting. See, that's, you know, getting to know you, Linda, after all these years, I feel like you have very distinct contrasting parts of you mm-hmm. from obviously people watching you as an influencer, an online personality. It's like you're outgoing, you're funny, but you also show sides of you that are like this, where you feel like awkward and you feel kind of nervous and like more introverted. And it's like so interesting because you don't really fall into either or distinct boxes. I feel like there's different situations that you're like, oh, I think that Linda would be like this. It's like, no. Linda's not like that. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're nervous in love and scared, but then you're like, I'm going to take the initiative. Like, I think that's really cool because I feel like a lot of girls, especially girls, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How are you able to do that? Like for all the girls out there who are like, no, I don't want to come off desperate. I don't want to come off. You know, the guy should be the one asking. Who would you say to that? I think for me, my mentality is it moves on things quicker. Like, okay, if I like you, I'm going to talk to you. Because I feel like people take so long. I don't know. I think, you mm. know, I'm very like, I need to like know you what's going on. You need to be on. efficient. Yeah, I like, need to know what's going on right now, mm. which is a very like thing about me that I had to also control. Like in my life too, just when it comes to work, I'm very fast paced. And so when it comes to like meeting mm. people and like liking them, I'm just like, let's pick up the pace. Like, do you like me or not? Like, that's why like I take the initiative mm. to like want to know what's going on. Because I always want to know like what's mm. going on. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like with girls, at least from my experience, it was always like, oh, I really like him, but I don't want to say it. And I feel like that game, like I hated that game, but I don't think I realized how much I hated it until I got into like my 20s. I feel like if, you know, the interest is there, if you guys like each other, just do something about it. Like hang out, you know, define it. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. I think that's my mentality now. But I think in my early 20s in high school, you know, you'd give like the lingering looks and hope that he makes the move or like, you know, (laughs) chat late night on AIM, hoping that like he says something or things like that. But I feel like the transition from like high school love to like early 20s to later 20s. It's like, I agree with you. It's just to the point. It's like, do you like me or not? Mm-hmm. What is this? What are we doing? Like, I think yeah. that it's more straightforward. Yeah, I feel like in this generation, like a lot of girls don't want to ask what's going on when it's mm-hmm. like, you guys should always ask. Just straight to the mm-hmm. point. I feel like people tend to go in a circle a lot being like, what are we? Are we anything? What's going on? It's like, just ask. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, right. a lot of the times, two people have like two different ideas of what's going on. So it's better to just like clear the air and just talk about it. For sure. I also feel like that's where it gets into like the very gray area of relationships where people don't agree and they don't see eye to eye. And then like one person's like really into it versus like the other person's like, well, I'm actually talking to other people. And yeah, causes some uh, even more difficult conversations than just straight up like, what are we? Like, do you like me? Yeah, dude, that's real talk. I feel like that's stuff that women with older experience, that's what you would say to your younger self, right? Even now then you're like, communication is still, I mean, obviously it's a hard thing in relationships, especially because there's always a sense. And I would say to my younger self that like the very thing that you're afraid of, by asking or clarifying is the very reason why you should be asking and clarifying. And I think that's the part where growing up, I always put so much weight on what it meant if I was with or not without a guy. 
as if that defined me and my worth or that, oh gosh, I really want this to work out for whatever reason, you know, and thinking that this guy could be whatever the one is, right? Whatever that meant, that future that I wanted, the fantasy was more important to me and living in that than it was to get a reality of (laughs) what was actually going on. And if Mm. I'm feeling that way, if the guy is making me feel that way, then that's a big sign to get on the same page. Because just like Linda said, I'd rather know now than a year or two years of doing this or even like three months, just this back and forth. And you're just like, oh, wait, he updated his Hinge profile. What does that mean? Oh my gosh, you know? (laughs) And you're like, I thought we're doing something here, you know? And the guy's probably like, well, but you you didn't ask, so. (laughs) (laughs) It's like middle school with like the Facebook in a relationship or single or, you know, posting photos together and things like that, making it online official was like a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So then from your first relationship, Linda, to moving on from that, did you get into another relationship pretty quickly or you waited till after you graduated high school? It took a couple years and then I got into another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we don't have to go through like each guy one by one. To all the boys I've loved before. <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to actually go into the different dating scenarios that some of us had and really just going over what we might have learned. So have any of you guys been in kind of a manipulative relationship or it doesn't even have to be official relationships. It's like with talking to a guy and looking back now, it's like it felt manipulative or it felt like you were being gaslit or maybe from you too. (laughs) That felt very accusatory. Maybe from you too. (laughs) I can start. I felt like I definitely dated both. I did it to guys and guys did it to me. I think that's the thing about dating for me. You learn so much about yourself. (laughs) I didn't know I could be so freaking extreme. I could be so jealous. I could be so clingy. I could cry. And like, that's the thing that I learned from my second boyfriend was that my extreme is that how I felt how my day went, how I felt about myself, were all dependent on him. Mm. And I didn't know that I could be that. Because my first boyfriend, it was the total opposite. Like the power dynamic was the complete opposite. And then when I experienced it with my second boyfriend, I like didn't want to eat. He would say one thing, I would be crying for like weeks. I couldn't understand it. And I felt like I couldn't control it. And he would use that to make me feel bad about myself or make me feel guilty And I think I picked that up, not that like he's the one that taught me, but I think I picked that up in my later relationships and also knew what to say, how to like (laughs) what I'm notorious for in the past is like using guilt on guys. I didn't know exactly how to do it. I know which button to push, you know, I had to be careful with this vulnerability button because I've learned it at great cost, but I could also use it at great cost. Like I get people to tell me, not I get them, but like they share stuff with me. And in the past, it's like in a relationship, if I got to that point, it would be like the one thing that you trusted me with, I'll put it in your face. So I realized that was some of my experiences of being manipulated in a relationship or not being in such a healthy relationship. And then how I also continued that cycle on in other guys. Your second boyfriend, was that in high school or college? That was college. He was like oh. my like Korean boy that I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm living in a K-drama, which looking back now, it was not that at all. If it was a K-drama, it was only because he was Korean. <laughs> but at the time, I was so in that fantasy. After with a little bit of dating experience and then the second one, I just felt like 
I don't know, I just lost myself, completely lost myself in that relationship. Mm. How about you guys? I don't know if I've ever been in a relationship long enough to get to the point of like being manipulative or being manipulated. I think that for me, it was always like I kept an arm's distance (laughs) whenever it was getting too good or whenever like I felt like, oh, you know, I could potentially really like this guy. Then it was like, oh, got to push away. Like, I feel like I never allowed it to get to that point because I was afraid of being manipulated or me manipulating them. Kind of like what you guys said earlier, you know, when you're a kid, you have this like idea of what a relationship is and a marriage is and it's supposed to be good. And before I even like let it get there, I'm always like, oh, got to shut it down because this is going to hurt or it's not going to end well or like maybe we're not as compatible as I thought we were. Mm. Um, So I think that if there were any like manipulative type situations it was like once that I most likely created in my head now looking back. <laughs> well, maybe man- being manipulative is too harsh of a word. It could just be like it was in, in a really transparent relationship. Like you weren't quite mm. on the same page. And then what ended up happening wasn't what you thought was the actual relationship. So I know, Regina, you said that you dated a guy that like a lot of it and not being booty calls, but like late night calls, mm-hmm. right? Oh, or just like last minute calls. <laughs> We had some last minute calls. (laughs) Yeah, spill the tea. Yeah, I guess that is true. Like, I think in that we were not on the same page. Like, I think that I wanted to be more like, oh, like, let's go on like cute dates and like do this and do that. And like, he would take me out, but like never really plan that much ahead. It was always just kind of like, oh, out of the convenience of it. There wasn't much thought on his end, I felt like. And I think that I was too afraid to say anything because I was like, oh, well, you know, if this is what he wants, then I don't want to pressure him. I don't want to be that girl who tries to put him in a relationship. So I like tried to be okay with it. And then I remember being like, oh, you know what? Then I'm like not okay with this anymore because it had been going on for a few months. And I was like, I'm going to put my foot down. And the next time he like texts me, I'm going to say something. And then he never texted me back. <laughs> so Wait, as in like, did you text him how you were feeling or you no, never no, got no, the no. chance No, I was to. just like, oh, the next time he hits me up to like hang out, well, I'm going to like, knew. I know, right? So then, <laughs> and then I, I never talked to him again. So uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. Damn. You should message and be like, I'm not a bat. So don't call me after 12. Oh, <laughs> I'll use that. <laughs> Felt like you were thinking about that one for a little I was bit. I thinking about it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> for a while. <laughs> what about you, Linda? Oh, have you ever dated a fuckboy? Would you consider any of the guys oh, yeah. a fuckboy? Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, yeah. I, met, I, would, I wouldn't say I've dated, but I've met a lot of fuckboys. Mm. I feel like now I've learned so much because I had all this time like to myself. It's crazy. During this like 2020, I've just been home by myself a lot that I've reflected a lot on my past. Mm. And just all the fuckboys that I've met. And I'm just like, what was I thinking? Like, that's so obvious. Yeah, if somebody calls you after 12, it's like... That's no, Mm-mm-mm. you know, that's no girl. No, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just like, like I said, I'm not a bat, right? You know, like I want to know nocturnal relationship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe mm-hmm. we should break that down because like, I think in my early 20s or even high school, I wouldn't have even known what that meant. Like, why is it so bad if guys call us after like, I would say like nine or 10. Yeah. Why is that such a bad thing? Like a red flag? I feel like because like they don't want to do anything else than just like, hey, you want to come over? And it's just like, you don't want to get to know me. You don't want to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure 12 o'clock is no deep talks. (laughs) It's like bedtime. Big time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I just feel like with guys, 
once it's past like exactly what you said, like nine or 10, like their mind is no longer on like, oh, cute dates or like, how do I build a relationship and get to know this girl, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, even when they come in the form of, and I don't know, I haven't dated in like eight years, but the whole Netflix and chill, I don't know if that's still a thing, but I could see how like, you know, some girls would be like, oh, you know, we're watching a movie together. We're doing something and, mm-hmm. you know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, because after work, he's the only time he's available. And, you know, what would you guys say to, to that girl? Run. <laughs> Delete his number. Find somebody who doesn't work till that late. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, honestly, that's good advice. I mean, unless he's like putting in like a lot of effort to like, you know, set something up at nine or ten. Like, it's just no, it's just a booty call. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing where, of course, we don't want to stereotype all guys, but majority, I feel like they just know around nighttime. And I hate to say it because like, <laughs> it makes them sound nocturnal. <laughs> <laughs> They get really active. So guys are vampires. Yeah. (laughs) But it's true. Like our parents, like nothing good happens after like nine or 10 o'clock. And Mm -hmm. it's because it's like there's, I guess it's not like what's the difference between daytime and nighttime. But daytime, you actually can go out in front of other people, do things. You know, there's more things to do. But at night when you're on a couch with a guy watching TV, getting cuddly and stuff. And then there's a blanket there. And there's, you know, there's all these things that are set up to make you feel comfortable. But on their end, they have a whole different agenda. And I think Mm -hmm. as women, we tend to give them the benefit of the doubt because we don't think like that. I'm not thinking like, hey, if I'm inviting a guy over to watch Netflix, like I'm going to get in his (laughs) pants, you know? (laughs) Christine, whoa. That's how she got Jack, actually. She's like, hey. Manipulation at its best, right? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what are some other things about what you guys have learned dating like fuckboys? We're not dating, just like having fuckboy friends or watching guys. On the topic of, yeah, having fuckboy friends, they're all pretty similar in how they think. They would get intimate quicker if they didn't like somebody. Mm. Some of the things, stories I've heard is like when they're not too interested, they will like within the first week, they'll probably like hook up or something or the first like month or so and then just dip. Ah, mm. yeah, yeah. So if they did like somebody, they would actually maybe leave it for like a couple months or so ah. to actually want to like have a relationship. Get to know them. Mm. You know, I heard from a couple of my guy friends before it was like, and it makes sense, but also it doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> but they were like, oh, we plant seeds all the time, even when we're in relationships, like planting seeds with potential girls. What? I'm like, yeah. So then they'll put even in while well, they're in relationships, they'll, you know, plant a little bit of like if they meet other girls, you know, and then they'll check in on their seeds. Oh. You know what I mean? Oh After a while. And I'm like, the way uh. that you put it, first of all. <laughs> and so that's I shouldn't be laughing, but like I'm just like, who is this person? <laughs> let me just let me just yeah, let me just go up there and you know, just give a I'm gonna give my two cents. But my question always is like, how do they have the time to do that? Like for me, I think for women too, like when we want to get into a relationship, we're like, oh, like I want to spend the time to like get to know them and like keep track. Like I feel like earlier this year, I've said it on the podcast before, but like I was going on like more dates because I had just moved back from New York. And I felt like I was like living at home and I just like wasn't open enough. And I felt like I was like kind of keeping myself closed off. So I was like, okay, between like January and February, I was like going on dates. I couldn't keep the story straight of who did what and and, like who worked where, like who lived where. I was so confused. I was like, I don't know how people date multiple people at the same time because I can't keep it straight in my head. It might be different if you're trying to sleep with them. (laughs) 
<laughs> like your like your game is trying to get like your end goal is they to, have like excel spreadsheets yeah. <laughs> sometimes you gotta keep organized you know that's the only way yeah <laughs> yeah it's too much i can't handle it my brain getting to know people like that many people like i can't even handle it yeah i mean what about in scenarios of have you guys ever been afraid to lose a guy that you were dating or with and how did you guys act at the time? If you put yourself in that time and mindset, what was that like for you? <laughs> Christine hitting the feels now right now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was this one guy that I really was afraid of losing because I thought he was perfect. Um, and mm. I remember he just didn't want to date me anymore. And I was just like, why not? Like, I really want to make this work. Like, I think you're great. Mm-hmm. So I remember feeling like, I guess, pretty shitty that the person that I want to be with didn't want to be with me. Mm. What do you think that like, you internalized or told yourself at that time? Like, did you feel like he was slipping away when, you know, we're in the relationship and you were like, oh, he's the perfect guy. Like, you know, I don't want to lose him. So I'll go out of my way and like, I don't know, oh, make meals yeah. for him. Or, Proof you know, him. I went out of my way so much. I like surprised him and just yeah like cooking and helping out with him and just whatever he needed there's a lot of red flags red flags as in like he never really like wanted to schedule time to see me or like he didn't tell his friends about me so then like he would mm. be seen as single so a lot of that happened and i was so blind because i liked him so much i was just like oh yeah that's fine i'm chill i'm a chill girl like I, like right, your friends yeah. don't need to know about me <laughs> which is the worst never be the chill girl okay if you're like yeah, never yeah. be the chill yeah, girl. like if something bothers you go say it because I did it and I Mm. just wanted to be that perfect girl for him Mm. that could do no wrong and that he would want to stay with forever Mm. yeah that's very very relatable did you feel like you were losing more than him if you guys were to end like you said you were like oh he was so perfect to you Mm -hmm. that it was like losing your guys's potential perfect future yeah Mm. I was just like I want this future to be with him basically because I've traveled so much and like met a lot of people and I was just like I don't think I can find someone like you Mm. and that's why I was like holding on pretty tight so looking back at now that it's happened what are some things that you would have told yourself at that time If somebody is not interested, let them go. Don't fight for love. Mm. That's something that I realize. Mm. Because if somebody just doesn't want to be with you, they don't want to be with you. And it's so hard to like find that love again. You know, sometimes it does work because like sometimes people break up and then they realize that they love each other to get back together. I guess there's two ways of thinking about it. But for me at that moment, I feel like if somebody's slipping away, like let them slip away because sometimes they need to think about it or like sometimes it's just over. Mm. Yes, yes. I also had that on my list. Don't chase love. I just didn't know that. There's a whole mindset of you got to fight for love. We see that in movies all the time, right? And then to yourself, you're like, yeah, if it's worth it, you're going to fight for it. And I'm not saying everyone, you're going to go through whatever experience. If you feel like you want to fight for it, you fight for it. But you're going to go through the lessons. And I think this is (laughs) what we would say to ourselves, having fought for love and what we learned. And I just realized that when you're doing the chasing if you have to convince the person to see how great of a person you are or like, oh, I could be that person for you. I could be the one. Mm-hmm. Like, let it go. I totally agree. It's never going to be enough. Mm-hmm. That is also a fantasy where I realized, let's say with that second boyfriend, I already knew we were, I would say, barely together for seven months. And then for like, you know, four or five months in, I could already tell I was losing him. And I did everything I could based off of a fantasy of what I thought he wanted. 
I don't even know if that's what he wanted. I was just trying to do everything I could to just be like, please see that I am worthy of you. Mm-hmm. When at the end of the day, I didn't think I was worthy. Because if I had to change mm-hmm. who I am to try to like prove my worth to someone, mm-hmm. then that's not even me to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what my value is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big lesson hopefully people will like take in and note. That's like the biggest regret that I have in my dating history is like, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, don't fight for it. Just let them go. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's hard to convince them Mm -hmm. because like also the person that you're trying to be, it's not you. It's probably not what they want because it's what you projected onto them and thinking what they want. And it's funny now because I think, again, in our early dating years, we're like, oh, you know, we have to be the very like delicate, dainty girl who like the cute giggle and like very cutesy and whatever. Right. And then like now when my friends date, they're like, oh, I'm going to show them the ugliest side first. And if they stick around, <laughs> then then I'll know that, <laughs> that this is a compatible relationship. <laughs> so there's a tip from Regina. Show yeah. them your ugliest side first your ugliest side first (laughs) I feel like these are tough lessons but sometimes you know you got to go through them in order to know and that's the thing I think Linda you have like a video that it was like oh you're in front of a stop sign and it was something where it was like oh your friend that keeps going back oh yeah and it's just like they won't listen to your caution (laughs) you know and they just keep going back and and you're like how many times is it like giving you the same advice like leave the guy you know it's so hard I I feel like when people are in relationships that are red flag type relationships they just can't see it when I was in mine I couldn't see it and then I went out and I'm like fuck I was glad as fuck (laughs) it's like you don't want (laughs) to see the red flags right because then you almost have to admit what other people have been telling you like your friends and everyone saying is right or that you didn't trust yourself or the guy that's in front of you is not who you thought he was that says something about you your judgment if it was a waste of time or not seeing that person in the way that you wanted to see him, again, projecting what you want him to be. Mm. And those are heartbreaks. Those are true heartbreaks. I think it's not even just like, oh, you guys breaking up is the only heartbreak. Those are the little heartbreaks that happen that I think really, for me, stick to my soul <laughs> throughout my dating life where it's like Linda said, it's like that builds up into fear. You know, I'm like, oh, that hurt. That little heartbreak hurt. So the next relationship or future relationships, I'm going to be more cautious about that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is stuff that I learned about myself through these guys or that experience. Talking about heartbreaks, have you guys ever had to like get through a hard heartbreak or even had to break up with someone or stop that relationship? Yeah, I would say like my first like high school one was a pretty big heartbreak because like my first one and I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, looking it's it's crazy. Just like it's always like looking back and then being like, oh, that wasn't that bad. But at first I was just like, mm-hmm. wow, I must suck because I can't even have a relationship at all. Mm-hmm. So it, I remember crying a lot and it took me actually a, a really long time to get over just like the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too, bringing in like the self-sabotage tendencies where you're like, oh, you know, you just break it off and be like, oh, no, let's get back together. Oh, no, I want to break it off like that on and off self-sabotage. And then in the end being like, okay, actually, you know what? I'm ready to commit. Like, I do want to do this. And then him choosing someone else over you as like Mm. your first love and your first relationship. Like, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that must be. It was so bad. Yeah. And I can totally Mm -hmm. understand too, like immediately just shutting down and like I've experienced heartbreak, but I think that for me, it was like the guy that I was interested in was like cross country. And he's like, yeah, I'm not interested in doing cross country, but like, if you're here, okay, yeah, sure. Like let's have fun. But like, I don't want to commit to a relationship. And I was like super heartbroken Mm because I was like, oh, finally I, you know, there's a guy who's interested in me and he doesn't want to commit. Like 
it's hurtful. And then it makes you feel like, okay, how do I prevent this moving forward? And I think that there's a lot of different ways that people can go about it. Some people are very open and I've seen people who will just go relationship after relationship and just dive head in and be okay with that. And others like just always keep people at like an arm's length distance. I know that you said that it took you like a little while to get over your first love, but moving kind of on into the relationships in your twenties, were you just like ready to dive in or were you always kind of like testing out the water? and like trying to see feel out how the relationship was going to be I think I dived in a lot a lot of it wasn't me thinking logically it was just by feeling like oh Mm. I like this person you know and it which is something that like looking back I would tell my younger self to not just date people that you like at least have some like reasoning behind why you like somebody for me it was like Mm. okay well you know he's cute and he's smart I'm gonna date him but it's like no there's so many other things like what is like his morals morals is really important like how do you like you know if there's a situation that comes up like how is he gonna deal with it what is he like as a person Mm -hmm. right like his values I think that's something that I honestly didn't really learn the importance of that until recently like values you don't really think about that and Honestly, if you're going to build anything with someone, you have to really <laughs> agree on values. Yeah. That's where a lot of the basis to a lot of disagreements or just the foundation is not there. Mm-hmm. And I think in my 20s, I never thought about that. It's exactly like you, Linda. It was just more off of feeling, like chemistry. Mm-hmm. There are only so many girls. <laughs> First thing they say is like, there has to be chemistry. Yeah. I'm like, well, what, is, what does chemistry mean to you? And I think chemistry, I understand when girls say that. I'm like, yeah, you put that in K-drama. There's like that spark, the close up. You know how they do that when they're about to kiss is slow-mos and it's all. And then the fireworks. Or they like, they make it all hazy and blur. And then you think that's what chemistry is, right? Mm-hmm. But like Linda says, I think there's just so much more that maybe the values doesn't sound as like. <laughs> like romantic or pretty you know you're like oh what are your values like (laughs) that's like something like your mom would be like hey make sure he has good values but it's true yeah Mm -hmm. if 2020 has taught us anything it's the importance of taking care of our mental health there is so much in life that is out of our control but it's up to us to take care of ourselves and put ourselves first I'm so glad that I was able to work with my BetterHelp counselor to assess my stressors and come up with solutions that work for me. Some sessions were harder than others, but each session allowed me to open up and work towards a healthier mindset. If you're interested in online counseling, the process is simple. You take a quick survey to assess your needs, and then you're matched with a licensed professional within 24 hours. Their platform allows you to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, message your counselor at any time, and receive timely and thoughtful responses. We want you to start living a happier and healthier life today. So be sure to visit betterhelp.com slash pip to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pip, P-I-P. Take care of yourselves and stay healthy, Pip fam. Sending you lots of love this holiday season. Yeah, and I think too, as... I've gotten older, like the way that I look at relationships, I mean, like, obviously you have to be attracted to that person, but I think that there's so much more exactly like what you guys are saying, values, morals, partnership, how much are they willing to give and take? Are you the give, 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 and they are the take, take, take or vice versa. I think that, you know, when we are little and we see the firework moment, oh my God, they finally get together. That's so cute. We don't think about what happens afterwards. We don't think about, okay, you guys get married and have kids. Now you have a mortgage to pay you have bills to pay all of these things are you guys going to agree like are you guys going to agree on finances where you guys spend your money like I think that that's so important and those are the things that we were not really taught growing up 
I think in Asian households too, like I don't feel like love was really taught to us in regards to relationships. It was always like, oh, don't look at the opposite gender. And then all of a sudden one day your mom's like, why aren't you married? Like, why aren't you looking the opposite gender? Yeah. Why are you looking at the opposite gender? Like, do you like the opposite gender? (laughs) It was making you feel so bad about that. You're like, you're only getting uglier. Yeah. You're like past your prime. Like you really got to get on it. My mom says that to me now and my dad. Like, (laughs) I've been, 2020 has been rough, you know? Also, like, at home, too. They've been like that every single day. And I'm just like, you know, just just chill, okay? Just chill, you know? Like, I know, right? Like, we're going through a pandemic, mom. Like, can you please chill? I know, I feel the same way. I'm like, okay, well, it's not like I can go out and, like, meet people. But, yeah, I'm starting to feel that pressure, too, especially as my friends are all, like, married and thinking about having kids now, like, they're just kind of like, mm, time's ticking. I think that my parents do every once in a while. They'll be like, oh, you know, you got to make sure you guys like agree on things and like can see eye to eye, be able to make decisions together. I think that's one thing that when we're younger, where we're like not really taught, like, oh, you have to agree on like things that you like or like agree on how you spend your time together. And I think that those are things that we don't think about when we are just like focused on the chemistry and it's like, oh, I felt that spark that night. And so Mm. I'm going to chase it, you know? Yeah. I realize it's things like if their values are achievement and yours is on family and maybe they prioritize work, they're like workaholics versus you're like, hey, I want to spend more than like two hours a week with you. And they're like, sorry, I like work. I, I want to be able to blah, blah, blah. Like those are some realities that people have to, it doesn't always have to be like big milestone things. It's like in that your everyday living, you mm-hmm. know, or people that prioritize friendships and other people who are like, I don't have as many friends I actually like being alone. So why do we always have to hang out with your friends? Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go out too much with your friends and you're like, that's actually what fills me up. You're telling me to change. So things like that, where you start realizing A lot of those things are not in alignment and not necessarily you have to find someone with the exact values as you, because that actually is what a relationship is. You're not going to find someone who's in our heads. Perfect. Right. We're thinking like, oh, it's going to match perfectly. But wait, we're not. This is new (laughs) information to me. (laughs) Here's my truth that I'm revealing, you know, but then that you guys can work around that. Because then you'll have people Mm. in relationships who are like, all right, then go out. Then maybe we can get down to a point where you spend three or four nights with your friends. And then we also have our time on the weekends too. You can split your time. And I'm not going to take it any other way. Because what I did before was that I would take it personal and be like, oh, that's because you're not as interested as me, you know, or that I'm not worthy. Then actually what it's telling me is like, then go invest in my own thing. If friendship is not a high value to me as to you in terms of quality time, then I could spend that time doing stuff for me that you're spending Mm. with your friend. just guess more out of it with hanging out with friends. So yeah, I think it's things like that that you learn. That's obviously hard for us to like list and like why values are important, but those are important things that you learn. Maybe it's a good time to dive into like how we have self-sabotaged ourselves in our dating life. Were there things that you guys now looking back, you know, I used to start fights to push them away because I was afraid or I would actually avoid fighting because I didn't want to fight because I'm scared to have to confront the truth and therefore nothing ever got resolved. Were there things that you guys self-sabotage? We're maybe looking at it now. Should I start? (laughs) I'll start. So one of the things I definitely did was I got into a period of my life and I would say it's definitely after that second boyfriend (laughs) that a lot of my self-esteem, self-confidence just completely plummeted. It was already pretty low to begin with. 
and I experienced heartbreak from him. And I was like, you know what? I think subconsciously I told myself, I'm just going to start dating guys. I'm not that interested in. I mean, I was really interested in my first boyfriend. I loved my first boyfriend in that sense. But I think after my second boyfriend, I was like, I'm going to get back the power dynamic. I'm going to have them be more into me than I am to them. So therefore, I'm not going to obviously be at the whim of what they want or don't want. And Mm. I really just never gave myself a fair chance to be in a real relationship. I knew I was dating guys I wasn't that interested in. So therefore, I would basically self-sabotage the whole relationship to begin with. And what I was really looking for was true connection. You know, I really wanted to be in love with someone, have them be in love with me enough for us to build versus what I ended up doing was six, seven years of just bullshit dating. (laughs) Same. Right. Honestly, same. But I think at the end, it was just because I was afraid. I was afraid to get hurt like that second boyfriend did to me. Mm -hmm. And so I would just dip my toes into the pool versus like taking time to self-reflect and changing behaviors. But instead, I kept repeating the cycle. So I would just jump from guy to guy. So I'd be like, all right, nah, I'm bored. I'm over you. You're not giving me what I want anymore. So then I would, <laughs> guys would overlap. <laughs> I would make sure that like, you know, I'm really done with you, but I already have another guy waiting. So the period when I was single would be very short or if not at all. So I don't have to go through the, oh, I'm single. Did you ever find yourself like getting too into a guy, like a guy that you started off being like, oh, I'm totally not into him. And then you started to get interested. And then you were like, oh, no, 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 no. Abort mission, abort mission. (laughs) Yeah, that was Bob. But I actually, then I started to convince myself that I really did like him. He really did impact my life. But then I went to the extreme of developing the fantasy. Mm. So yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, I definitely think I self-sabotaged in the way that I expected everything to be perfect. I was that girl who expected the guy to do everything that I thought he would do, but then not tell him about it. And then when he doesn't do it, I'm like, oh my God, he's like, (laughs) (laughs) like he didn't, he doesn't care or whatever. Such a disappointment. Yeah. Mm. Or like, I think that I don't have a problem with opening up to someone, but I think I have a problem with like really feeling connected with that person. Like, I think that I will always find an excuse. That's what my friends say too, where it's like all finding an excuse and be like, oh, well, he lives on the other side of town or, Mm. you know, or I would purposely like guys who were not from the city that I was living in because if it didn't work out, it was easier to be like, oh, well, you know, distance, it wouldn't have worked out anyway. And like using kind of excuses like that, or if they were getting too close I'd just be like, uh, I'm just going to respond, you know, less frequent or more casually and things like that. I don't think I ever allowed myself to fully not only open myself up, but like allow that other person for us to share a relationship together. Like I think Mm. first dates, I know that people are always really afraid of first dates. Like I'm not afraid of first dates. I'm afraid of like second and third dates. Like what if we run out of things Mm. to talk about? What if we realize like we're so, so incompatible? That idea of committing to someone and then having that person not live up to what I thought a relationship was going to be. Mm. I think that that was always something that I was like, oh my God, let's abort mission before we even get there. Before you experience heartbreak in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that person could have been very perfect, I'd find like the stupidest things to be like, oh, well, he didn't do this or he didn't say this or he didn't ask this. And then, you know, like find excuses. And then eventually, I mean, 
guys have feelings too, right? So after, I know, shocking, but after a few like pushes, they're just going to leave and I don't blame them. But I think that in my head, I was like, oh, I want to like push, but then they like come back. (laughs) And Mm. I think that I had this just like unrealistic expectation of what I wanted out of a relationship. Mm. Yeah, I know that's definitely relatable. I think a lot of us do that. What about you, Linda? I feel like with my first where I was like pushing all the time and then like hoping they would come back. I feel like that was definitely something that probably shouldn't have done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thinking they'll come back and just kind of like constantly hurting them. And that was just because I, I don't know, I was just at that time. I just couldn't think where it's just like I'm hurting this person if I'm just keep constantly breaking up with them. Were there patterns that you guys looking back now that you did while dating? Like you saw in yourself, like Regina's like, oh, I tend to pull back before I actually really give it a chance, you know, or I start pushing them away after a certain point or I get jealous really easily or I hold grudges. Like I used to do that too, where like we get into fight, not only in relationships, just with friendships before. It was just like my pattern was I would hold on to the grudge. So it gave me reason to feel just and right. I did it to punish them, but actually I'm punishing myself. Because obviously I cared so much about the person, but what I was doing was self-sabotaging myself from really connecting and growing with that person. Mm -hmm. And this is with friends too. There were a lot lot of friendships because of that. Even looking back, I'm like, it's so stupid. It was because of my ego. What about you guys? Like any patterns or things that looking back, you're like, yeah, I did that. For me, whenever I was like texting a guy or like talking, I never wanted to like be the person who would respond more often or quicker and things like that. So like in a way, yeah, I would play games. But the thing is like, I didn't like that, but I did it because again, I didn't want to seem like that girl, that girl who's just like always readily available, readily just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I really like this guy. And I don't know what was that like trigger. I think it was just always like, introducing that person into my life and then me having to rely on someone else. I think that that was something that I was also really afraid of being an only child, you know, being single and really just like always relying on myself. Like the idea of having to rely on someone else or inviting somebody else into my life. I was just like, oh, that's terrifying. Like having to integrate them into my friends and like introducing them to my parents. Like that was a terrifying thought. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about you, Linda? I definitely have dated because I was lonely. Mm. That's definitely a problem that I had where I was just on to the next person or conversation or just like once I was single again, I would be like looking to see who I could talk to just to kind of fill that void because I was so lonely. Mm. And I think it's just because a lot of my upbringing too, like being the youngest in the family and like always having people there, I always needed a guy there to like Mm. kind of show interest or love, which is definitely a problem. It's not good, which I feel like I fixed it. (laughs) Oh, did you? What did you tell yourself? Like what happened from thinking guys could fill that void to now you're like, oh, you fixed it. It's crazy how just being in a pandemic, it actually changed a lot of myself where I don't need to talk to people all the time and like always having like somebody there. I just had a reflection where basically during this time, because I couldn't see anybody, like my parents didn't let me to see like anybody, I just had to take this time to myself. Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I'm like, wow, I'm actually like growing up where I'm not going out and like meeting, you know, guys and stuff. And so I think that really helped a lot because I was like forced to just stay home and be a good girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) like I think, yeah, I feel like if it wasn't a pandemic, I feel like I would still make those problems again and just kind of like 
Mm-hmm. Just quickly yeah. find somebody beyond dating apps and just like find somebody to date. For sure. But the thing is like you could, right? But you didn't. Like you still could be like talking to guys on dating apps and all of that. But Yeah, but I'm like happy with not now, which is like a big change, which never has happened before in my life until like this year mm. where I realized that I actually like having alone time by myself as well. Mm. Yeah. Were there things that you did as in like you just started to work on yourself, dive into projects or really just sit with your thoughts? Yeah, I just I guess because like that option of meeting people wasn't available anymore. I was like, okay, well, that's gone. What can I do? Yeah, like working on myself, just starting TikTok, which is like super new to me. <laughs> I love your TikTok. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh, whenever they show up on my feed, I'm always I Oh my, you had one recently about the stingray. I sent that to all my friends. Like I could not <laughs> stop laughing. And and that's the thing too. Like I think that going out and going out on these dates, it's also a form of like self-sabotage, right? You're like distracting yourself. And I grew up in a house where... I lived with both my grandmas, my parents, and it was just like a very full house. And there was always like TVs going or people talking. And then I remember when I moved to New York and I was just like in my apartment by myself, it was so quiet. Like I could not believe how quiet it was. And so I remember like always, even now, like I'll play a TV show in the background and like just so that there's some noise so that I'm not just like alone with my thoughts. But I feel like this pandemic has really forced us to like look within, like really think about what makes us happy if we were to start dating again post-pandemic and see people again like what are the type of relationships that you actually want to like invest in and spend time on it's really brought us down to the basics so while I'm itching to get out of the house I'm also kind of like oh this has been a really good time for me to reflect on past behaviors what I want my future behaviors to be and I agree with you like I think that for so long, I was always like, oh, I need to be with someone. Like I need to find someone eventually. And then it became, I need to find someone quickly because (laughs) my parents are pressuring me. I'm getting older. I totally relate with the fact that like this pandemic has really forced me to see myself in ways that I didn't like, but then also realize like, oh wait, you know, there's so much more I can do with my time. Like I think that I used to fill my schedule with friends and things just to not have to sit by myself and alone with my thoughts. Wow. We live the same life. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think given with how 2020 has been going, the things that you didn't give much thought about, you realize, wow, I have really little to no control over things. Mm-hmm. So it's making you question a lot of things that you never had to question and what really matters and getting mm-hmm. down to like the nitty gritty of the self-reflection. That's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I can see why people avoid it. Mm-hmm. Or that as being Asian, no one's ever taught us. Like, okay, so sit alone in your room. What are, you, <laughs> what are you supposed to think about, you know? But I think that does come with experience and maturity. Actually, if you actively look for it, there's so much about how to self-reflect and books and endless podcasts and stuff. So taking the time now to do that. And it helps in understanding your intentions as you navigate the different parts of your life, which mm-hmm. what we're talking about today is in your dating life, being intimate with someone. That's a huge part. If you don't understand things like what your values are, what your worth, understanding your own worth, what are you looking for, really? I feel like there's a lot of us women that are just like, uh, you know, I know what I don't want. <laughs> You're asking me what I want. I don't know. I'll just, I'm hoping I'll hit the lottery. That the right guy, the right time will come, which is anytime I'm dating. <laughs> and then, you know, then I'll call you. That's what I want because he needs to show up first. But understanding for yourself, what does that look like to you without having a guy be in front of you to prove to you that that type of person exists? 
Mm-hmm. I think the problem that I've had in the past was dating people that I didn't really could see myself having a future with,、mm. and I would constantly do that. I don't really know why I keep doing that, but yeah, and that's why, like, I remember being in a relationship like early on, and because that person I didn't see them in the future, I like my eyes would wander,、mm. and I was like thinking about the perfect guy when I was already with somebody, which is bad, which is something I. Needed to work on where I'm like I need to make sure this person's actually right before I actually start anything with them because it wastes their time, my time. It's just you know you're hurting somebody too by doing that. It was something that I definitely had to like push back and like be like this is not healthy,、mm. this is not good. That I'm just like going into a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship,、mm-hmm. not because I actually like really fully wanted to be with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate to say it, but like it really took having to date. We call him Bob, but like for it to be done to me, for me to understand that I just don't ever want to do that to anybody else. That really was a wake up call to me because when you're the one that's like dating because we're lonely, we're not really invested in the relationship. I knew I felt guilty. I definitely felt guilty at times, but then it was also at least for me, I justified it in whatever means. Right? I was thinking about myself, and then later on、mm-hmm. when I experienced, I was like, "Dude, that's so shitty." <laughs> Like I don't, I don't want to be that person. So that was something that was like, yeah, making active choices because it can be easier. It can be easier to not think about and consider other people and just do whatever the hell you want to do because it makes you feel good at the time. But when you dig in deeper, you're like, this is not fulfilling. This is not long lasting. Like this is not essentially what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like a distraction. But then when you dig in deeper, you're like, I'm not really getting what I want, anyways. But I'm also hurting people in the process.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like that's the thing too. Where I remember there's one guy I dated, where he would like visit me at work and like bring coffee、Aww. and like we'd go on like cute dates. But like I wasn't that into him. And I think I also like part of me like tried to、mm. force myself to really like him. Like, oh well, you know, he takes a lot of my boxes. But like I don't know, there was just something I think. Within me, that just like didn't feel it,、yeah. where it wasn't really like what I was looking for. But then, because I was like, oh, but it could be what I'm looking for. Maybe I'm not giving this enough of a chance, you know.、Yeah. Then it just like drags on, and then I did feel bad. Like I feel like I didn't do a very good job of communicating that to him. Like I think from his side, he was like, oh, you know, I'm doing all these like cute romantic gestures. Like she must like me more. But then I started responding less, or like you know, I ended up being the one who's like, oh, I'll. See you in two weeks or something like that. Like, I now look back at that and I'm like, oh, I was a pretty shitty person, and like I should have just been more upfront about it or been like just more direct. Like whether it's you're on the side of like, oh, I want to be more direct with the other person of like how I feel about them. Like it should be whether you like them. Or not, it shouldn't be just like oh, I really like him. I need to let him know. It can also be like, hey, I'm actually like not that into you. Like maybe we can be friends. Like I think that even having that kind of communication is helpful for both sides, for the guilt that we might feel, and like for the other person to get that closure. I think nowadays, like it's so easy, especially with like texting and things like that, for like conversations to fizzle out. But I think that to be more direct with that, like that's definitely something that I would like to do moving forward,、mm. like less ambiguity.、Mm. Yeah, I think like a lot of people don't know 
when and how to do that because sometimes you're like oh we just started talking like is it gonna be weird i'm already like to be so like upfront yeah Yeah. (laughs) but i would say take what linda said to heart Mm -hmm. just if you don't know ask yeah Mm -hmm. when you said that it reminded me of just like being lost not having gps at the time and you're just like in your car driving around around when you could just stop and ask someone Mm -hmm. and just get there faster Mm -hmm. versus trying to figure it out and getting more and more lost and you're like dude i should have asked like 10 minutes ago (laughs) it's like once you wait for that time to drag on you just it's like no point just ask Mm -hmm. yeah as we're ending it maybe some last advice or takeaways that you would give to your younger self or just some of our listeners who are we and we get it a lot we all know like a lot of people out there just like uh why is dating so hard and what are some things that you would tell them tell your younger selves from what you've learned or maybe telling yourself now (laughs) i feel like i would tell probably like my younger self would be date someone that you actually want to be with (laughs) I don't know. I think there's like a thing where people are like, I got a date to see what's out there. I feel like Mm. for me, because I have went through that experience, I kind of wish I just dated someone that I actually saw a future with. And maybe I would have Mm. stayed. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And also, if somebody is like dating you because it's like convenient, that's just not good. Like, I feel like the best kind of relationship, the ones that I've seen is like two people are like into it. It's not just one person. It's like two people are like scheduling. It's great. You're not waiting for their text. It doesn't feel weird when you're texting them too much. It's just right. I think that's something that going into dating is like got to look for. And if somebody's not giving you the time, they're not interested and you got to have to just like move on. Mm. Yeah. Instead of holding and wishing or Mm -hmm. projecting and reading into little things. I think that's what I did before too, which is like they weren't giving me what I wanted, but I would read into the tiniest things like, oh, but he texted me here. You know? Mm. And you're like that that little thing negates all the red flags. Yeah. There's like the I think the quote that I heard where it's like, if somebody likes you, you'll know. But if they don't like you, you'll be confused. Mm. Yeah. I, and I think too, kind of going off of your first point, it's like allowing yourself that opportunity to succeed. Don't just set yourself up for failure and then have the relationship of you being like, oh, well, I'm not even really into that guy. Like have that just being like another list of quote unquote failed relationships. But I think that a lot of the times in relationships, like we can set ourselves up for failure, whether it's not liking the guy enough or just like knowing that person isn't compatible, but feeling lonely or feeling like, oh, I just want companionship. I feel like that's very, very relatable as we're like trying to figure out and navigating our romantic lives. Yeah. I think for me, the one thing I realized is that I always thought that I was a very extroverted person and like I can have conversations with people very easily. But I think that I realized I still have walls up. Like I can have these conversations on the podcast. Like I'm very okay with sharing about myself. But I think that for some reason, I still have a wall up. And like, I think that because I do this so much on the podcast or we're just sharing, it like feels very natural to me. But I think then like the idea of like, trying to go into a relationship, allowing myself to lean on someone else. That is a step that I feel myself always holding back on. And I don't know why. I love how, sorry to interrupt, but I love how like the very thing you said before was like setting yourself up for success. But I think the way that you approach love is like you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. Like you're so afraid. You've gathered from your experience and from your friend's experience of, oh, it's going to be heartbreaking. 
something. Yeah. And they're going to disappoint me. And yeah. like you're bracing yourself for the worst. That's why you don't give it a chance. Mm-hmm. And you're not really setting yourself up for success. That's understandable. But also understanding like you know who you are. And you know, even if that does happen to you, that is just part of your journey that will only make you stronger. You've like survived so many different types of heartbreak. Doesn't mean in just love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was reading in this like book about like self-sabotage where she was saying like, oh, if you're always preparing for the worst, then you're not actually like in the moment enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You're like not present. Yes. You're always just like, oh, what could go wrong? Oh, well, this could potentially go wrong. You start nitpicking at all like the little things of why it won't work out and then focusing on that rather than like, oh, actually, you know, we had really good conversation or we have a lot of similarities. That is also something that I'm trying to learn to like shift my perspective on. And like, yes, it's okay to have some self-defense mechanisms because that's how we keep ourselves protected. But I think that I've had that wall up for so long that I just don't allow people to go over it. Yeah. Yeah. So just being more open, I think is kind of like my overall lesson. Yeah. I think it's a very relatable thing that throughout love, in order to really be in love or to love, you have to trust. And any amount of trust involves potentially having that trust broken. But that's just the part of how you experience. And not to say that's going to happen, but if it does, it's not like it's broken. It can never be repaired. If anything, that's the part where you develop even deeper trust and building a stronger foundation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Will you guys bear with me as I have a list? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys feel free to chime in from my list because that's just how I am whenever like we have any topic, I always have to write out all my thoughts. And I'm like, okay, there's so many things I would have told my younger self. And these are from different points of my life. So, okay, here you <laughs> Don't settle because you're lonely. Whether you're with someone or you're not, it doesn't define who you are and your worth as a person, if you're worth dating or if you're attractive. We talked about the void that you feel won't be fulfilled by another person. First kisses aren't like the movies. And if you're gauging the potential of the success of a relationship based off of a first kiss, it's not an accurate (laughs) measurement. They could be great kisses, but a shitty person. Also, what I think was important to me in hindsight was that the qualities that you're looking for in a guy that you're like, oh, this would be my perfect person actually are really key points to pay attention to things that you secretly want to have, qualities that you want to have, that you can achieve yourself. And once you really try to put time and invest in yourself in that, it's not so much he's my perfect person that needs to fill these slots because you already know what it took to be that. You know, one of the things for me is like realizing I really like handymen because I'm like, they could just fix anything. And then realizing that, oh, I could just learn how to do that myself. Why do I have to have a guy Mm -hmm. do that? Recognize when you're the only one giving. It's okay not to like a guy back. Mm. I always felt so guilty. I was was always like that narrative. I was just like, oh, you're a bad person. Trust that your exes are ex for a reason. (laughs) The ex is always, uh, yeah, that's the problem that I had. Where I need to trust <laughs> the extra reason. I feel like a lot of people have that problem. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh, you used to be intimate with this person. You used to do this. They used to be in your life. And then you cut them down. Like, did you really cut them off? Like, are they still popping up? Do you, you know, all that. Which mm-hmm. is like, it's tiring to. Yeah. Especially when you've also been intimate. I think there's that part where it's like, <sighs> unless there are active steps to fix things. And I think that takes a lot of maturity on both ends, then just trust in why you guys broke up. Because if you guys don't do that, then the same reasons will pop up again later. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get more and more tiresome of each other. And that's the part. Where I think a lot of, in my past, I just was... You break up, then you get back together. You break up, you get back together. And you're like, okay, I'll be better. I promise I'll be better. Like all these empty Mm -hmm. words that mean nothing. 
mm-hmm. and it doesn't get better. Yeah. And there's also like a level of comfort that you're like, oh, it's so much easier because yes. we already like know each other's habits or, you know, things like that, that it's like easy to go back to and fall on. But and that's the part where you you feel lonely after you break up. Yeah. And it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust that you will find love again. That's the part. It always felt like once you broke up, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I'm pretty jaded. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You will. You will. I think like looking back in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of things that, you know, you're like, oh, you're going to worry about this a year, five years from now. And after your past, you realize, oh, yeah, you have moved on. You know, you you will find somebody else because the more that you know yourself, the better chance that you have in identifying another person who has those qualities that you want really one of the biggest, if not the biggest takeaway is take time to self-reflect and take responsibility for what you didn't like that you did or didn't do after a relationship. I didn't do that before. And it's such a game changer. This is one that, and not even just for me, I think for a lot of women, because we're brought up this way, someone taking your virginity, and I don't even say take your, this sounds like they raped you, but like, like the person you give your virginity to doesn't have to mean more than that you guys had sex. I think that that's the part as women we're trained to be like, oh my God, I gave you my virginity. Therefore, we must have children together. You know, <laughs> like, mm. so honestly, I think that's what keeps a lot of girls in relationships that aren't healthy, just purely because they're just like, they make it mean so much more than it actually is. Not to say that sex and intimacy shouldn't be a big deal, but I think it's because he's the one that you gave your virginity to that it's like, <gasps> Don't date for status. I don't know if you guys said that. Like, I used to do that a lot, especially watching K-dramas. And you're just like, the guy that like, you know, is so successful and is so popular and charismatic. That's what you're focused on and what your chemistry would be versus, again, their values. And then (laughs) this is something Regina was saying. And as I was Googling stuff, I was like, oh, what you would tell yourself, your younger self, don't fake orgasms and don't fake feelings. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's so big. Like if, you know, if you're not feeling it, you got to tell them. You can't be like, oh, all right. It's just like, <laughs> no, like, I wish I did that. I wish I straight up was just like, you're not hurting anyone's feelings, only yourself. <laughs> like, you gotta <laughs> straight up be like, yo, you know, man, like, you, you know, you satisfied, yeah. but I'm not, you know? Um, yeah. So let's work. It's a team effort. It's not just one person running. It's two people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. I think that it's like a guilt that girls almost have where it's like, oh, well, you know, we, we have to satisfy them. And like the relationship is about them. And it's a, about like how we are to them and how they perceive us. And I feel like that is such a skewed, skewed. I think that that's one of the reasons like when we watch like K-dramas and things like that, right? Like where it's just like, what? Those two pieces don't add up of like, <laughs> why they're together or like you know you see relationships where they're fighting all the time but then they have this true love at the end and you're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. that's that's not how it's supposed to work yeah i think that's my last thing where going back to actually what linda started us off on of watching my parents and then watching like dramas and all of that that i thought drama equals passion i just Mm. thought that in relationships it being hard is what it should be I just thought that was normal. And then until I got into a relationship with Jeff, not to say that we haven't had really hard, we broke up, right? We still have to work through issues that it really shouldn't be that hard in a relationship. If you feel <laughs> like you're like, oh my God, we're fighting all the time. We're never, I feel like shit all the time. Like, no, that's not a sign of a good, healthy relationship. It's actually a sign for you guys to like 
take a step back, take a good look at Go yourself. separate ways. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. So that's my list. I cut it down for you guys, but we covered a lot. I think we covered no, a lot in this did. episode. I yeah. think that that was all very, very good advice. I think Linda and I were a little quiet because we we're like, ah, I see. That's <laughs> what we need to be doing. <laughs> well, because I, I really took it literally. If I had to tell my younger self stuff and I was like, oh my God, girl, girl, like, you know, 16-year-old Christine, <laughs> there's a lot of things that I've learned. Still learning, still learning. It's funny, right? Like you say, oh, if I could tell 16-year-old Christine all of these things, XYZ. But I think that, you know, 16 year old Christine had to go through all that she went through in order to get to where we are today. And I think that that is one of the things too, about our past relationships and what we've learned about ourselves, self-sabotage, you know, all of our habits and tendencies. It's that those are the things that made us realize oh, what am I actually looking for? Like, what does a partner really look like to me? It's not just a relationship, it's a partnership. And I think that that's how we're able to grow. And hopefully one day, all of these lessons <laughs> will pinpoint to somebody that we're going to be with. But I think that these lessons are important to learn. And I think we all learn in our own individual ways, even if they are pandemic induced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also just keeping in mind that although we're talking specifically about dating, what I've learned is especially in these patterns and how you realize and self-reflect how you've been and what you're chasing and what you do and all these things, be more conscious, it all bleeds into the different areas of your life. Like it's just Mm. who you are as a person, you know, like if you notice yourself being this way in a relationship, in a romantic relationship, there's probably ways that it bleeds through at work or it bleeds through in your friendships or how you even just show up and operate in the world. Dating is just one aspect of your life to give you clues on the areas that what really is your truth? What are your values? What is it that you, as you grow and learn, experience things that can keep growing, evolving, getting better as a person? Yeah. More alignment, right? I feel like 2020 is like, because we've come up with so many things, it's like, how do I just, what is alignment? How do I get to this alignment and feel peace? For sure. Well, thank you, Linda, so much for joining us all the way in Canada. And <laughs> I know it's like, it's not easy to like have to dig into your past and share and be vulnerable, but watching you grow, especially through your channel and you as a person, I feel like it shows in the efforts of you trying to be more vulnerable and also sharing that with the world in all the different shapes and form, whether it's through comedy or it's through shorts that really hit to your soul of stuff that, you know, you want to share what you've learned. So thank you for sharing that part of yourself with us. Thanks for having me. Like I learned a lot from just sitting here and like listening to your experiences too. Like both of you guys where I'm like, oh yeah, shit, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe I got to, I got to take some of that too. Like I'm still learning too. Like I don't have everything. Yeah. But yeah. And I think that that's kind of, you know, the theme of this podcast where it's like, you know, when we have these conversations, we don't have it down, even though we give this advice and, you know, these are things that we're working on. I think that that's what we love about having guests like you on where we can really see the process of you growing. And I think that, you know, we all started watching you with your comedy skits and then it started getting into like the deeper emotional ones where you really show us, you know, a different side of you. And I'm so excited for people to be able to listen to this episode and really, you know, dive into this conversation that we had about our relationships and what the pandemic has done to our perspective and, you know, how we want to come out the other side. So thank you so much for spending your Saturday night with us. We really appreciate it. So where can people find you at your home? Where where do you live, Linda? (laughs) (laughs) Give us your address. (laughs) Well, yeah, I live in Canada. No, um, I guess Instagram and YouTube. 
Linda Sundays start a new channel. Mm. And I feel like Instagram, Alina Dong, is probably the best way people can just find me what I'm doing. And, you know, if they want to see the real me, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sure to link all of Linda's information below. You guys, her TikToks are so funny. They have me <laughs> cracking up at like 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah, be sure to check out all the projects that Linda is currently working on. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, then we will talk to you guys soon and please stay safe. Bye. 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 Yeah, the stars so moved.